Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. All right. Well, welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. We are on episode two, talking about the belt of truth today. And it's kind of been like crazy uh, week. We've been traveling a lot. Yeah. We just got back from San Antonio <laughs> literally a couple hours ago. We were in a long drive, but we realized we had a podcast episode to record. Yeah. So we're here recording this episode. We're a little behind on how far we thought we'd be ahead with some pre-recorded <laughs> episodes, but it's all good. This has been uh, it's been a fun time. This yeah. is definitely a restful thing for us. So we're really looking forward to it. But before we kind of jump into everything, let's revisit our challenge that we had from last week. Woohoo! Yeah. So if you listened to our last week's episode, hopefully you did. If you didn't, um, you can find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We talked about um, Ephesians 6 and the armor of God and why it's important and why we named our podcast The Armory, all of those things. And the challenge at the end of the episode was to read Ephesians 6. And so... Um, hopefully if you guys had a chance to read that, you maybe read it for the first time or read it again and learned something new. Um, but Matt, when you read that this week, did anything stand out from you from the whole chapter of Ephesians 6? Yeah, actually funny enough, the thing I think that stood out the most was kind of pertaining to what we're going to be talking about today. I just thought it was interesting when I was looking at the whole armor of God, why certain armor pieces were in certain order, trying to decipher if there's a specific order, I realize the belt of truth is definitely first for a very, very specific reason. Um, and I think it's because it's one of the most important things mm-hmm. uh, we can understand. And I'm not, not to give it away, we're going to talk about it in the episode, <laughs> but that's kind of my little takeaway. Didn't give it all away, but we'll, we'll talk about it more later. Yeah, awesome. We're <laughs> excited to hear more about it. Um, I think for me, um, it's cool to hear first before the armor of God in Ephesians 6 the relationship between children and parents. And often this is scripture that's pointed out, you know, in church in a way to say, children, do this, parents, do this, which I think is very accurate. But I think it also gives us a bigger picture of how we view our relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And our relationship with the Lord is that where we are his children and he loves us. And um, it sets up the armor of God in a way that is saying, hey, as God's children, here's what you're called to do out of honor, respect, and love knowing that your father loves you um, and calls you to do these things like put on truth. So we're super excited to jump into it today with you guys. Yeah, before we jump in, just kind of a quick recap of what we're doing. Maybe this is your first time listening. The podcast is just starting. This is only our second episode, and we're literally on pretty much day Mm -hmm. one of a series. We're talking about the armor of God specifically. Our podcast is called The Armory. You know, we want to be a place where resources are found and where we can just go to get things ready for battle, to equip the saints, to be ready to live on mission for Jesus. And one of the first things we want to do is go through what Ephesians 6 shares with us that is the armor of God. And so, um, real quick, I just want to read verse 10 to 13 um, that lead up to the armor of God. Just a little bit, it kind of goes over a little bit what we talked about uh, two weeks ago. I guess that was our last episode. Two weeks ago, and then we'll jump right into it. Um, But starting in verse 10, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers 
over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. And that's kind of where we'll end there because that's kind of what we're just going to talk about today is the belt of truth. We're just going to look at the very first armor piece. But kind of in order to set up basically the whole episode, we really need to look at this idea of what is truth. And I think there's so many possible avenues we can take um, when looking at truth. There's, we can look at what it says philosophically. We can look at, you know, what does it look like in politics today? What does the world say? But I think one of the, the two main areas we want to look at is first, what does the Bible say about truth? Yeah. That's kind of what we talked about. If you listen to the episode before, like one of the things we want to do first and foremost is talk about the importance of being informed by scripture more than anything else. Yeah. Christians are not informed by culture. Christians are not informed by what they see on the news. Christians are not informed by good days, bad days. We are informed by scripture. Um, so the revealed word of God. So we're going to look at what does the Bible say about truth? The Bible does say a lot about <laughs> a truth. Lot. We're going to look at something very specific um, it says, and then we're also going to kind of look at what the world says about truth, because I think that's really important to understand kind of what the world, how the world views truth, because we do live in the world and we have to deal with people who are of the world on a daily basis. Absolutely. So um, the first thing I want to do is I think I just want to look at this uh, article I found. It's from a website. It's called gotquestions.org. We love got um, questions. Yeah, so one of the things we also want to do in this podcast, like we said, is we want to make sure we provide resources for you. And one of the resources that we go to all the time is gotquestions.org. It is a very theologically sound and very condensed and simple uh, website that has articles written on so many topics. Any on, topic you can think of. Yeah, basically. I mean, things like the simplest of questions, like what does this verse mean? Or, you know, what is the hypostatic union? Something that's much more complex. Yeah. You know, there's so a, such a wide variety of topics that are addressed here, but they're all answered in a very, very simple way. With scripture. Yeah, so one of the things, definitely bookmark this resource. It's gotquestions.org. We're actually gonna, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. And I'll also put a link specifically to the article I'm about to reference. But when it comes to what the Bible says about truth, uh, one of the first things we need to do is recognize that truth is a person. Truth is a person. I think that's not where we go mm-hmm. right away. But as Christians, that's where we have to go. Um, so I want to read this this portion from this article because I think it just kind of really reframes our thinking about truth. Yeah. It says this. Almost 2,000 years ago, truth was put on trial and judged by people who were devoted to lies. In fact, truth faced six trials in less than one full day. After being arrested, the truth was led to a man named Annas, a corrupted former high priest of the Jews. Annas broke numerous Jewish laws during the trial, including holding the trial in his house. After Annas, the truth was led to the reigning high priest, Caiaphas, who happened to be Annas' son-in-law. Before Caiaphas and the Jewish Sanhedrin, many false witnesses came forward to speak against the truth. Yet nothing could be proved, and no evidence of wrongdoing could be found. Caiaphas broke no fewer than seven laws while trying to convict the truth. When morning came, the third trial of the truth took place, with the result that the Jewish Sanhedrin pronounced the truth should die. However, the Jewish council had no legal right to carry out the death penalty, so they were forced to bring the truth to the Roman governor at the time, a man named Pontius Pilate. Pilate was appointed by Tiberius as the fifth prefect of Judea and served in the capacity A.D. 26-36. to 36. 
The procurator had power of life and death and can reverse capital sentences passed by the Sanhedrin. As the truth stood before Pilate, more lies were brought against him. His enemies said, and this is from Luke 23, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. This was a lie as the truth had told everyone to pay their taxes in Matthew 22 and never spoke of himself as a challenge to Caesar. After this, a very interesting conversation between the truth and Pilate took place. And this is from John chapter 18, verses 33 to 38. Therefore, Pilate entered again into his praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Our own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Pilate's question, what is truth, has reverberated down through history. Was it a, a desire to know what no one else could tell him? A cynical insult or perhaps an irritated, indifferent reply to Jesus' words? In a postmodern world that denies that truth can be known, the question is more important than ever to answer. What is truth? So that was a no, just a kind of like a little, that was a very long excerpt from that article, but I really encourage you guys to go check out the entire article. We're going to post it in the show notes and yeah. check out all the other resources um, that, is, that um, Got Questions has. Um, but basically, what, the, the thing I just loved about it is that it really reframed my thinking of when I think of the truth, do I think of Jesus? Yeah. Is my first thought when I think about, you know, what does the Bible say about truth? is think, wow, well, the Bible reveals Jesus Christ, and Jesus mm -hmm. Christ is truth. In fact, um, Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, like, how crazy is that? Like, what you said it mm -hmm. makes sense when you're reading that article, or even when we read that Bible verse of Jesus said, I am the way and the truth, but yet truth we don't think of. Like, why would we think of it as a person unless we're getting it from Scripture, from Jesus himself? Sure. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that I think really hit me in the gut is when I, when I came across this article, I was like, wow, I was so concerned, even when just kind of preparing for this podcast and talking about so many other things before yeah. I talked about Jesus, yeah. the truth. And I was like, oh, man, that's just, you know, gut-wrenching to think. Like, my yeah. first instinct was to go to psychology or to go to, Philosophy. you know, let's talk about you know, counteract, counter thing, counter arguments to what the world's saying yeah. about truth and like truth does exist and all that stuff. But I was not first going to the first point that the Bible mentions. Yeah. And the biggest point is that truth is a person. Um, and the second major point I think we want to take away from what scripture has to say about truth is this idea that all truth is God's truth. And I think we can, we can know this because God mm -hmm. is true. Yeah. Um, Psalm 1830 says that this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. And also John 3.33, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. 
And it, that's just, that changes everything. Yeah. To know that um, truth exists in this universe because God is truth. That is just part of who he is. And there's no escaping that. Um, and because of that, he sent his son Jesus, who is the truth uh, to earth, so that we could receive truth. And I think that really, first for me, just reframes my thinking. Because I think of things as, I don't think of things as, um, is that, uh, I think of things true or false. Right. Not in the sense of that has truth or that is a truth. Um, but really, I need to be looking at Jesus and go, Jesus is truth, period, truth. capital T, capital R. Period. However you spell the rest of the word truth, you know, all the way down to the end. So truth is a person. We have to get that right away. All truth is God's truth. And the third thing I think is important is to understand is, and it kind of goes in, in order, like those two things. Must and be then true. because yeah. of that, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And I think if you go get, if you get, take away one thing from this podcast episode, and if you forget everything else, <laughs> take this away. The truth will set you free. That's not for unbelievers to hear, that, which it is. It's mm-hmm. also for Christians to hear and to be reminded of. The truth will set you free. And, that, and that's what we see clearly in John 8, 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, I and think that's talking about Jesus. Very specifically <laughs> yeah. talking about Jesus. It's not this idea. There's not truths that will set you free. There's not true things that we can understand about the world mm-hmm. that will bring freedom. There's nothing about uh, truisms. There's not things we can know that are accurate. Like two plus two equals four. That is a truth. But two plus two equals four will not set you free. Yeah. You know, the truth will set you free. Um, I think the problem comes as Christians when we go to the world's definitions first. Of course. And I think that's the biggest issue. And like I said earlier, you know, that was where I was going right away. I was like, okay, let's let's look at how we can counteract what the world's definitions are but before even looking at who is truth. Jesus is truth. Yeah, for sure. I think you set that up really well for us, I think, to talk about what the world says. Um, and that's what we want to do next. But like you said, it's it was convicting, you know, like mm-hmm. me as me and you were studying this and thinking about what we wanted to say we realized kind of at this moment like oh <laughs> uh, yeah maybe we need to start with jesus like let's start there but that's just not the way the world has framed our thinking no. when it comes to this and um and i think what you said at the beginning that article that we read like that helps us reframe our thinking and that's constantly what we're going to be doing on this podcast is like going to scripture to reframe our thoughts mm-hmm. in a way that's glorifying the Lord and how does the Bible actually want us to talk about these things. And so, um, yeah, we're going to talk about what does the world actually say about truth. And again, there's so many different directions we can go here, So many, ways. <laughs> but, um, I wanted to actually draw from a few points. Um, and some of these are based on a book that I actually read in college in my time, um, at Moody, a professor suggested that we read this and then, well, required it for class, I guess, so not a suggestion. Suggested reading, so you pass the class. (laughs) But I honestly couldn't be more thankful for having to read this book. Um, It's called The Coddling of the American Mind, and it's written by Greg Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt. I think I said those right. Um, This book... They're not not listening. They're They're not listening. Yeah, it's okay. They're pretty famous. If you know uh, these guys, you can send it to them. (laughs) Um, but I've recommended this book to so many people, a few disclaimers. It is not written by Christian authors. So these people are not Christian authors. Um, one of them I think actually does like legal work with the first amendment in America. And then one is like a philosopher or psychologist. Yeah. Something like well, that. Well, c- kind of back to your point, you know, disclaimer, these aren't Christian authors. That's good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we should, as Christians, we should be reading books from people who are saying true things. Um, 
about the world we live in. And, you know, we can we read things through a different lens, but we should also not be afraid to read books that go completely contrary yeah. to the things that we believe in. Exactly. Because we should be able to filter everything through a Christian worldview. We should be totally okay with challenging our own views, knowing that scripture will hold up. You know, it is truth, uh, kind of, ha ha, truth. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shameless plug, uh, check out our podcast, uh, The Belt of Truth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I like that you said that because I think that was my tendency in Bible college too, to like read these books and be like, why am I reading this? Why sure. am I not reading something about the hypostatic union? We'll just use that example, but um, <laughs> that'll be the example. That'll be the, example the, the hardest. By the way, the hypostatic union is this idea, which is true <laughs> that Jesus was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent. Actually. Yeah. I was so going to bring that up we, later. We just podcast, keep saying so. that over and over again. We'll have an episode about it. We will. Um, which is true. We got to start with this topic. Let's go back to the so. podcast. <laughs> Okay, back to what we were talking about. Um, but basically, these authors just have a really good handling on mm-hmm. um, some things that we understand in the world today, specifically in America. What is our culture saying about truth? And they actually set up the whole book with the premise that there's three untruths, they call them, um, in the world today that we are believing. And so... Um, I'll talk about some stuff that comes from that book, but going back to that question, what does the world say about truth? Um, Number one, the world says that the truth is based in our feeling. And so from the book, they call this, let me make sure I get it right. Pages are turning, pages are turning. They call it the (laughs) untruth of emotional reasoning. And so it's kind of this uh, understanding that we always trust what our feelings are. And you do not have to go very far in the world today to see that. Um, you see that all over the place. We see people just say, I'm just going to do this because I feel like it'll make me feel good. Um, so there's kind of two lenses to that. There's, I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good, so it must be true. And then this other idea that my feelings are the truth. So if I think, or my, I guess what you think maybe, like my feelings and what I think about is true so it is true so i feel that this thing is true so that must be the way it is like no questions asked Mm -hmm. i feel this way so we're just gonna assume that i'm right and if you don't agree with me like that's your that's your problem that's like such a dangerous place to sit i mean even within a span of a day i may feel one thing about something and feel completely different about it later and it's just it's just a very unshaky ground to be on and I think if you were ever to, you know, probe deeper into someone who really believes that, I think they would find very quickly that that's just an unsustainable sure. worldview. Um, but it's just very common, I think, because we we put a much higher value on feelings um, than on solid truth that sometimes contradicts our feelings. And that's yeah. not to discount feelings by any means. You know, God gave us feelings. Feelings are good. But, you know, Psalms talks about it so many times. Mm-hmm. The heart is not to be trusted. You know, yeah. the heart is exceptionally <laughs> <Deceitful>. wicked. <laughs> so um, there's just that really uh, weird balance that we have to find as believers of what am I feeling and what do I know to be true? Yeah. And then once I know something to be true, what do I do with how I'm yeah. feeling? And I think that's, you know, that's something we would probably do on a later podcast as well as sure. talk more about feelings. That's something that I'm mm-hmm. really passionate about coming from a counseling background. Um we know feelings have been given to us by the Lord for good things, but it's this idea that I'm going to always trust my feelings. That's when we get into this terrible, terrible, not biblical understanding of what that is. And so we cannot base any source of truth in, in 
the fact that our feelings are always going to be correct. Um, and then the second point I think that the world says about truth is that truth shouldn't be too hard or too difficult. And this comes from the book as well. It's called The Untruth of Fragility. Basically, it's this idea that what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. So some of you, you've heard the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But in this book, what the authors do is they actually break down our society and what we're thinking and what, how we're acting. And they say, we're not actually acting out what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. We're acting out that what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. That I'm not able to accept things that are too hard or too difficult. That my life should be easy because I feel like it should, because I don't want to endure hard things. Um, Mm -hmm. And you've just seen that. In education, in the world, there's this sway towards things should be easy. Um, And the truth is that we can accept hard things to be true, um, when they're rooted in Christ. And so the example I actually thought of was the hypostatic union. So uh. <laughs> funny enough, not to say that's the most important. Well, just to say as an example, we can believe that Jesus is God and Jesus is man. And that can be really, really hard to understand. But we know that that can be true because that's what scripture says about who God is. Yeah. Um, and so it's just this idea that the world is saying, if it's too hard for me to understand, then it probably isn't true, or I'm at least not going to think about it long enough for it to be considered to be true in my mind. Yeah. Um, and that's just not what scripture shows us. And then this last one doesn't really come from the book that I was mentioning, but just this idea that the truth doesn't matter. Like, because truth in the world can be based on feelings and um, can just be based on anybody's thinking at any moment in time, there's no guarantee or standard for what's true and so there just can't be a line of oh this like it was really important and this really matters because everybody can have their own different version of what truth means this idea that like you only live once this is your life you just have to seize the day and make it important and feel good and do what feels good to you and at the end of the day what you're saying is well nothing is actually really true because I'm just going to do what I want anyway yeah, and I mean, even people who, who have that mindset, you know, that, you know, you only live once, we're just going to do this, they don't believe that to be true. Right. Um, they may not know that or may not realize it or may not say it, but they, they don't believe that's to be true at all. Um, you know, if I if I walked up to one of those people and I stole their wallet from them, they're like, <laughs> hey, you can't steal my wallet. I'm like, why not? Well, that's wrong. It's illegal. Based on what? Do you, what based standard? on what? You know, on what standard? You know, even the question itself, and this is like the common apologetic uh, yeah. question, you know, someone said, you know, the, the idea that truth doesn't matter or there's no such thing as truth, you know, okay, is that even true what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the question falls apart on itself before, uh, before it even is asked. Yeah. And so it is interesting, you know, that is, there are so many things the world says, you know, there's ways too many avenues to dive into just in this specific episode. But I think you hit those points really well. You know, what does the world say about truth? Truth is definitely based in feeling today. That's kind of where everyone defaults. Right. Um, truth, if it's if it's true, it shouldn't be hard. Yeah. And this idea that there are many people who just don't accept that truth even exists, or if it does exist, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the next point is kind of this idea that does truth matter? Um, and like... To answer we, the question, yeah. yes. Yes, it does matter. <laughs> I think one of the things with this is that, you know, if you're looking at the question, like, does truth matter? 
um, to the Christian. I think we have to not only understand yes right away, but we have to realize you know, who we are. Like we are ambassadors for Christ. So if we're an ambassador for Christ, we are called to carry truth mm-hmm. with us wherever we go. Yeah. The cr- truth of the gospel, the truth that brings salvation, the truth of what can become of someone who was dead in their sins and then when they're changed by Christ, they're alive. And there's so much peace and freedom that comes with that truth that it's something that as Christians, we have no other option but to share as ambassadors. And we, we're also called to be lovers of truth. You know, there's so much falsehood in the world and there's so many things that are trying to pull at our attention. You know, the, you know, you can watch something on TV mm. and it will have, you know, just unbiblical and ungodly views of, you know, how men and women should be living in the world yeah. or just the way that children should be raised by their parents mm. uh, all these different things. And when you look at scripture, we see a book that is just saturated, not just with truths, but with the truth, Jesus Christ. And when we have access to that, our only response has to be to share that truth right. because there's, we, we, I think like for me, I think for a while I used to get really frustrated with people who didn't understand that living in the truth, living in the light, was just so much better. Yeah. And I realized I wasn't gonna. I wasn't willing to share it with them. You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm holding them to a standard that I wasn't even. They didn't even like have over them. And so, as ambassadors for Christ, as lovers of truth, if we really want to make an impact, you know, in our towns, in our jobs, in our communities, um, I think we just have to get this idea in our heads that truth is a big deal, and it's mm-hmm. not just something that we say. Yeah, of course, we're Christians. We believe in truth. Like. Truth needs to be shared. Truth needs to be celebrated. Um, and truth just needs to be proclaimed. Not just truths that we find in Scripture, but the ultimate truth, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, for sure. And I think to kind of continue on why does truth matter? Because truth informs our theology. Mm-hmm. And theology ultimately is informing our life and how yeah. we live. And so when we say truth informs our theology, what we mean is Jesus Christ, the gospel, the story of his death, resurrection, and why we have salvation is informing our whole life and what we do. And I think I struggled in uh, the later years of college with this because there's kind of this, this idea in Christianity that we can be over spiritualizing things. And so oftentimes my friends are just people that I would have conversations with would be like, well, aren't we over-spiritualizing that? Like if we were talking about a movie or media, and sometimes I was on the other end of this where I would tell other people, you're just over-spiritualizing that. Like Mm -hmm. that movie doesn't, it doesn't matter that you actually watched that. Like it's not that big of a deal. And um, really that's just like, that's not true. Like (laughs) we can't, like the word over-spiritualizing like literally is an oxymoron. Like you cannot over spiritualize when we say spiritualize we mean biblical like not some other term that people mean when they say spiritual but yeah actually theology rooted in christ yeah it's weird it's kind of like thinking you know this idea that we're, we're coming to a point in our life where we're making a decision about something and you know someone we put a lot of thought into where we're informing our view with scripture and someone would say hey you know i think aren't you like thinking too hard about that aren't yeah. you over spiritualizing that and you're like are you meaning like i'm I'm over seeking truth in this instance. Like that doesn't make any sense. I'm seeking the Lord too much in this situation. In what world could someone say you've sought the Lord? You're seeking the Lord too much. You're trying to please the Lord too much. You're trying to rely on your biblical worldview, which is full of the truth and truths, to to make decisions. Like 
that makes absolutely no sense. But we, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. I, I think I ration, I'm guilty of it most in my heart. I ra- over rationalize things. I'm like, okay, well, I, don't want, I really want to watch this movie. And it looks like it's going to be a great movie. And I see some things that are going to be right. movies that should not be in my heart. Right. That I should not be watching. And I go, okay, am I overthinking this? I'm like, well, no. If if I really believe what I it, it, what Scripture says to be true, that you know I'm supposed to guard my heart and all these other things, like what am I doing? Yeah. I'm just trying to talk my way out of something like this. So I think it, you know, the coming to the idea like does truth matter? It does, and it, the truth directly informs our theology. And if our theology it isn't going to inform our thinking and how we yeah. live, then we're really missing the point. And I think too, like. Going back to what you said about like the movie thing, like well, one Matt and I use movie analogies because we love going to see the movies. Some of you guys know that about yeah, us. Yeah, we are uh, AMC A list members, <laughs> yeah. so just plug for uh, AMC A list. You get to see all the new movies. <laughs> um, but like, we people would say like, why should I? Why should I let my theology like inform every part of my life? Why mm-hmm. should I let it inform? what I'm eating, what I'm watching, what I'm wearing, who I'm spending time with. And the reality is that what we believe already informs our life. Like what I believe to be true, it's already informing my life, whether I know it or not. And I think like there's so many examples of this, but I think one just recently with like March Madness is like, what I believe about Shout a out team. Shout to the Peacocks. <laughs> oh, gosh. Just kidding. I out. didn't care about March Madness until this Spoiler year when we were married. <laughs> so... Okay, if you're not like me and you don't like sports, just hang on to this analogy. But <laughs> if you like what you believe to be true about a team or somebody in sports that you're rooting for, it changes the way you live. Or think about like the Super Bowl. Um, on the Super Bowl Sunday, people skip church. People make different food. Food. <laughs> food. People wear different clothes. People hang out with friends. People do things that they don't normally do yeah. in the rest of their week because they're changing their life. They're orienting their life around something that they believe to be true and believe to be celebrated. Yeah, basically it takes very, very, very little for people yeah. to completely alter their life. Yeah. And it takes you know just very, very, very little for people to make decisions. And so when you're looking at truth and truth of scripture, and we're going to say like we're over-spiritualizing things, we're analyzing truth too much, we're taking it too seriously, that sounds, that's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Sorry if, well, I'm not sorry if this is offending you. This is, this isn't true. <laughs> sorry if we lost you there. Basically, truth informs our theology and theology informs our life. It's very important. And I think the other part of this and why does truth matter, um, it comes down to like your community as a Christian oh, yeah. and, um, your community has license and has liberty to speak into this in your life. And so if Matt and I are watching a movie and we are talking about it in small group, our small group has the ability to say, hey, have you thought about how your theology informed your decision to watch that movie? Um, Have you thought about this content? Or if one of my girlfriends sees me wearing something inappropriate at church or in public or something, they have the liberty to, to speak into that. And um, obviously that goes into your relationship with people and all of those things, but ultimately we're mm-hmm. in community. And so not only should we accept biblical truth from our community, but we also are called to speak truth in love to our community around us and learning how to do that is really hard. Um, but it's important. Yeah. And before we move on, I know this podcast episode is not about community, which we definitely will do one about community, but if you're not in some solid Christian community, mm-hmm you desperately need to find yeah. a community, whether that's just a few people that you can form a small group with or people that you just have some, that you do life with that you can have accountability with. That is so important, necessary, and commanded by scripture. Mm-hmm. It is just 
life-giving and that's the whole point you know when, when truth is spoken into situations when you have people around you who can talk into things in your life that's where light comes in without that there's just darkness and there's just not that's not a place you want to be so i mean eliana and i personally we have been in community in different seasons of life mm, in different yeah. places and i just know each opportunity i have to be in community absolutely um is so life-giving when we go to our community group on wednesday night we are sharing, you know, a meal. We are fellowshipping with fellow believers who have our best interests of heart that we can share things with and yeah. they can speak truth into our life. Um, and we can celebrate the truth, Jesus. And it's just so necessary. So shameless plug for a future episode on community. But if you are not in a community, you desperately need to find one. And if you need help with that, like reach out to us too. Um, if you like don't have a church and where you're living, like ask people that you know and trust around you like hey can you help me find a church or like it's really important yeah. if you're like leaving college or you're moving soon like find a church in that area as soon as possible um and reach out to people who can help you with that yeah so one of the other things just you know as we're getting kind of to the end here i just want to talk about is you know why is this even an armor piece and this kind of goes back to what iliana asked me at the beginning talking about like what was my takeaway from last yeah. week or the last two weeks on ephesians 6 and i think the reason why might basically go back to my answer, you know, I find it very interesting that truth is the first piece mentioned. And I think it's incredibly important. And I think it sets up everything else because without truth, we are absolutely nothing. Um, if And I, I mean that about truths and I mean that about truth, capital T, Jesus Christ. You know, without Jesus, we are nothing. <laughs> without truth that comes from Jesus, yeah. we are nothing, which is all truth, by the way. Truth is as, you know, Big as the size of the Grand Canyon and truths as simple as two plus two is four. Um, so without truths, we are nothing. And we live in a world of lies. We live in a world occupied by Satan who wants mm. nothing more. He wants nothing um, other than just telling, feeding us lies, feeding believers lies, keeping non-believers away from the truth, convincing believers that seeking out darkness oh, is better yeah. than seeking out truth that comes from the light. Um, that's why it's important to be in community. That's why it's important to be seeking the scriptures. That's why it's important to be on your knees daily praying to the Lord, all these mm -hmm. different things. Um, but we are nothing without truth. And I think that's just incredibly important that this is the first piece of armor. Yeah. And kind of just real quick, before we kind of get to the end of this episode, I know we're kind of getting to the end. I just kind of want to go back through some of these main points we hit because I know we talked about a lot of things. Um, we kind of compiled this episode a little more last minute than we'd like just because of some of our travel plans. But real quick, we talked about what truth is, and we talked about what the Bible says first. We said truth is a person. It's found in John 14, 6. It's Jesus Christ. Um, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. We looked at the fact that all truth is God's truth and that the truth will set you free. Um, we also looked at what the world says about truth, this idea that People believe truths based in feelings. People believe that if it's true, it can't be hard and that those things can't coexist. And we also looked at how people just think truth does not matter, which we know as believers is completely the opposite of truth. It's just so far away from the truth. Um, and then we looked at just the simple question, you know, does truth matter? Yes, because we're ambassadors for Christ. We're lovers of truth. Um, truth should and must inform our theology and what we do mm -hmm. as believers. And it's imperative to be living in Christian community, to be lovers yeah. of truth. Um, and kind of we just real quick, we just looked at, you know, why it's important to be that it's the first armor piece. You know, we are nothing without Jesus. We are nothing without the truth. And I think um, we've heard, you've kept hearing us say this word, truth, 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 truth. But if you take anything away 
kind of from this from this episode and, and where we're going, you just need to understand that we are nothing without truth, but there is hope at the end of all that. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free as a non-believer, mm-hmm. but the truth, realize living in truth, living in light, living in that peace that Jesus provides when he said, you know, it is finished. All your sins are laid on me. God looks at me and all he sees is my mm-hmm. righteousness. Truth. Yeah. That is life altering. That is yeah. life changing. That's so good. And, you know, that's ultimately why this is important. Um, we're living in a world that doesn't know what truth is. They don't know what we just talked about today. Um, and they're looking for it. They're looking for it in so many different areas. And um, the Bible has this answer uh, for us as believers. And um, we just wanted to encourage you guys with that, challenge you guys to share that with others. Um, but we do have a challenge for this episode before we challenge say goodbye. Challenge number two. Challenge number two. Here we go. Um, so basically, if the gospel is our main source of truth as believers, what's something that we need to change? So this mm-hmm. is going to be a very applicable challenge to your guys' lives personally. If you're married, you can talk about this with your spouse. Um, maybe ask your kids this if you're talking about it um, or just think about it in your time with the Lord. But if you believe that the gospel is the main source of truth in your life, what needs to change? Um, and so some examples could be media habits, um, what you're watching on TV, movies, movies that you let your kids watch, movies that you would see as a family, mm-hmm. um, how you spend your downtime, how we spend our leisure time is really important as believers and can totally slip yeah, into gluttony and um, things, or you can choose to glorify the Lord. Um and then ultimately just what are you prioritizing and so again kind of think of that analogy from earlier about sports and um, how when you prioritize a sports team or an event um, it may change your schedule maybe you don't go to small groups so you can watch the game maybe you sleep in on sunday because you were up watching ufc fights on saturday um, <laughs> why'd you look at me like that but um we we really do love you guys we're excited about this podcast and i know we threw a lot of information at you in a short amount of time but thanks for listening and uh yeah do that challenge and let us know how it goes yeah and the last thing i want to say just kind of want to leave you guys with this quote i found uh he's from a old chinese pastor he's no longer alive but his name was watchman knee he died in the 70s but he said this to secure one's freedom the christian must experience god's light which is god's truth mm-hmm. and so i'll hopefully leave you guys on, on with that to meditate on that and hopefully you guys were encouraged sorry we kind of did this last minute maybe it sounded a little clunky we're, we're gonna promise to make sure we get more episodes in uh, more time to prepare we just kind of life got in the way and um, we're just so excited to be doing this. It's life-giving yeah. for us, and hopefully it's life-giving for you guys. So sure. uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks. See ya.